Welcome back to the Aging Project podcast. I'm your host, Shelley Craft, and together, my friends, we're on a mission to age well, bloody well, if I'm being honest. Let's be real, though. We all need guidance when it comes to aging well, and that's why we've gathered the best possible support team for us. No topic is off limits, and I promise to ask all the right questions, your questions. Before we dive in, don't forget to join our growing community of women from around the world. Sign up at theagingproject.com.au and become part of the Aging Project community. You'll gain access to our treasure trove of podcast episodes, our free five-day morning challenge, and did you know we now have an online store called You Must Try It? It includes products we've discovered from our podcast guests and community. Think low-tox skincare, low-tox makeup, supplements, and more. You'll only find products we've tried, tested, and we love at youmusttryit.com. Are you ready to begin today's episode? Alrighty, let's do it. Be open to um, advanced technologies now that you know mean that you can reset that that sun damage, you can reset the wrinkling without much downtime. Um, there is. Uh, dermatology has just changed so much you know there is good evidence now that um you can almost biohack your skin to make you look your best that was dr shami thesson dermatologist and founder of ode dermatology in melbourne dr shami caught our attention on instagram because of the difference she's making to her clients lives we're talking hair growth skin treatments and so much more We all want to age well and we all want to reduce the effects and the side effects of that aging physically as much as from the inside. And Dr. Shami is certainly going to explain to us today the best ways to go about how to look fresher, how to have more confidence um, and how to solve some of those problems that perhaps are popping up in aging. Dr. Shami, it's so wonderful to have you with us today. Firstly, can you explain what the difference between a dermatologist and perhaps a skin therapist is? So they're very different. I mean, we're both, I guess, very passionate about skin, but your dermatologist is a doctor that's been to six years of medical school, um, worked in the hospital system to get into a training program to become a dermatologist. So You've got to do a minimum of two years um, being a junior doctor. And then if you're lucky enough to get into a dermatology program, that's another four years. So, you know, you've done 12 years or 13 years to come out as a qualified dermatologist. Um, And, you know, you're you're a dermal clinician. They do go to university and they kind of um, learn about different technology and skin, but it's completely different. So we can prescribe, we can inject. Um, and we are your custodians of your skin. I always had this idea that a dermatologist was sort of the final, um, the last frontier, I suppose, as far as your skin health went. You would see a GP first, you might go to a skin cancer clinic, but it was sort of that dramatic end to the problem. Do you need a referral from a GP to see a dermatologist? You don't. So you can just walk right in. I mean, make call up and make an appointment so you get your time that you want. But there is no barrier to coming to see your dermatologist. Um, you do get a Medicare rebate, you know, of about $80 if you have a referral. It's good practice because I can write back to your GP if you come in with a referral. But certainly I, I think that's changed, you know, like about 60% of my patients now don't get a referral. They don't have the time. Right. 
um, and they also know what they want um, thanks to I guess avenues like podcasts like yours and Instagram and social media people actually know what they want um, I've also found that the, the patient journey and demographic has changed in the last 10 years where before I was the last resort, you know, I would see mm-hmm. a horrible rash that no one else has diagnosed. Patients have been frustrated. They're waiting to see us. Um, it has to be a terrible skin cancer before it justifies coming to your dermatologist. And I've often pondered about this. And I, and I think it's there are lots of different reasons for this. But also, there's not enough of us dermatologists. You know, when, when I got into a training program, you know, there, there are hundreds of people that apply, but you know, the Victorian government takes four. So four dermatologists a year to service the need, you know, it's impossible. We have to be the final kind of gatekeeper. Um, But now things are changing. People are more proactive. Dermatologists, we are also being able to, I think, push ourselves a bit to, to work in conjunction with dermal therapists, GPs. So we do have um, clients coming in just wanting to look fresher or wanting to catch sun damage and wrinkling and rosacea at an early stage um, and coming to find us um, from the start. Looking good on the outside is so important, I believe, to just feeling good. Often things that are going wrong on the inside, we might, you know, pretend they don't exist, we push them aside, we think I'll deal with that later. But when something does show up on our skin, I guess it affects us so much emotionally and mentally as well as physically, doesn't it? Absolutely. And you can't hide it, as you said. You know, you can't run away from your own skin. So it's always the biggest impetus to sort things out. But our skin is our largest organ, and it's it's always a manifestation of something that's going on inside. So back to, you know, why are we chasing freshness or looking younger and more um, luminous? Is because it's a sign that, you know, things are maybe not as great as it used to be. And mm-hmm. we've got so many avenues to work on that. And that combination approach is key. So as you know, I'm passionate about that whole gut health because it's our biggest chemical messaging, immune organ that talks to our skin, our brain. But there are a lot of interventions now that you can do skin down, then then affect your whole wellness. So, um, you know, I would think dermatologists, we've got another access that, you know, you can't do yourself. So let's assume that people that do have sort of more serious skin conditions already have a wonderful dermatologist that they're working with, hopefully in conjunction with their GP, so everyone's across it. But for those of us, as you say, that just want to look a little bit fresher, not necessarily younger, it's okay to ask for help from a dermatologist. You don't sort of need to, to battle through all those products by yourself. Oh, my God, totally. Um, come in, bring your bag of goodies and go... What am I doing wrong? What <laughs> um, you know, be open to um, advanced technologies now that you know mean that you can reset that that sun damage. You can reset the wrinkling without much downtime. Um, there is uh, dermatology has just changed so much. You know, there is good evidence now that um, you can almost biohack your skin to make you look your best. So. Don't don't just feel that you have to see us when you've got an awful um, skin condition because the earlier you come in, the better. You know, for example, people don't realize that with the right um, light energy device using something called broad-based light energy, 
doing it the right way, you actually anti-age your skin cells at that cellular level. So you're going to remove the sun damage, the rosacea, the pigment, but you're also changing your stem cells of your skin. So, and you just walk in, walk out. So people's minds get blown these days with what we can do. You are blowing my mind. Let's go back to the very, very beginning. So are we talking LED lights? Is that that sort of red light therapy? Which I like. I love LED. You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, LED um, boosts your mitochondria, which is one of your energy powerhouses of your cells. Um, And you can use it for a lot of different things from um, fatigue, you know, to wrinkles, to sun damage. But this particular um, piece of tech is called broad-based light energy. So the way the machine is devised, you know, it pushes through pulses of um, train of light energy onto the skin. And our skin is really just this great absorbing organ. We've got chromophores. So um, we've got targets in our skin that absorb particular wavelengths of light and laser. And then you can remodel that at a cellular level. Um, so, you know, it's, it's mental. Like, have you heard about this latest device? It's called the M-Face and we call it the Ode Muscle Lift at uh, my practice at Ode. And how it actually works is, you know, as you get older, everything just falls, right? So the muscles age, you know, and we've got 20 facial muscles and they're all interconnected. They're kind of in this lovely parachute-like sling called SMAS. And the reason why we use filler is because the, the cheeks sag, the fat pads change. But imagine if you've now got technology that actually causes um, electrical impulses to your zygomaticus major, your minor, and this rhizorius together with your frontalis, your forehead muscle. And it's forcing it to contract like, you know, 40,000 times. So then you actually get that 30 to 40% improvement and lift of your muscles so you've got that fullness now because the draping effect of your muscle is different and that's you know that's stuff that I'm really passionate about because you know it's not being overfilled you're not having a foreign body in your skin it's almost you healing your muscles so that you get that lifted look and and muscle is probably the single most important um, group for anti-aging I love the sound of this because I always have obviously my, I call it my resting bitch face when I just have no control over my face muscle. I sit there blankly looking at something. But then even smiling makes me feel better, obviously, but younger as well because it sort of lifts everything up. You can you can take five years off just by having a good smile, I think. But are you saying this actually hops on your face and sort of contracts all your muscles it must feel like it, it, that must be the most crazy bizarre feeling of any treatment I know it's not face yoga you know you can blow like all sorts of face yoga muscles like you know you can't do it like 30,000 times so this overrides your own um you know voluntary system and it's got radio frequency energy which just heats up the skin so that will help with wrinkles but this device captures all the major facial elevators so you've got that real lifted look, not right away, but in three to four months' time. So, you know, stuff like that, you know, people just need to know about it. They do need to know and where to get it, obviously, which is at your dermatologist at O-Dermatology in Melbourne is a great place to start. I love the idea of that. Is it safe if you've had, say, fillers, Botox, threading? Um, is it safe to do? So the only thing I would be cautious about is threads. Because with threads, you know, that that heating effect of the radio frequency can loosen them. 
but there's no issue with Botox or filler. Um, you can't do it if you've had previous metal work in your face. So there are a few contraindications, but really everyone can have it. That's been an interesting device because a lot of younger people are coming in, you know. So um, the way it's been campaigned in the States, you get lots of 30-year-olds coming in wanting to do it as preventative. But then, you know, I'm, I'm 42 and, you know, the 40s are a crucial time in a woman's life, you know, with the changing of our hormones and things like that. So this is the perfect time to work on your muscles everywhere. I mean, you know, I think the biggest thing we could all be doing is doing 30 to 40 squats every day. You know, our quadriceps, our hamstrings, our glutes, that muscle improvement is massive for anti-aging. You know, it controls all our hormones. It um, really affects how we reduce something called sarcopenia, which is loss of that muscle mass which determines our gait, the risk of falls, our proprioception, our balance. So I think, you know, I think there's a lot of emphasis on losing fat. You know, fat was a fad, you know, 20 years ago or 10 years ago. But now it's about functionality and muscle is one of those biggest currencies. And doing those facial squats. I guess too. It's going to be great for your cheeks. Lift them up. Lift your face cheeks and lift your butt cheeks all at the same time. You've got to be so coordinated too. <laughs> well, we can pat our heads and rub our tummies. Surely we can do double the squats. A super quick break to remind you that you must try it offers health coaching calls with our team of qualified clinical nutritionists. If you're challenged by menopause, a gut, hormone, weight, stress, thyroid, or another health condition, we would love to help. Our team will work with you to personalize an approach. We all know nothing is more important than our health, so this is your reminder to take ownership of it today. And yes, if needed, we offer a range of tests. They can help with everything from blood, hormone and food sensitivity testings to practical strategies so you know what to buy and what works. Just go to youmusttryit.com to book your appointment and let's take action to age well, my friends. So look, that is that is an interesting point. I guess anyone who is um, proactive will have started sort of thinking about their anti-aging program in their 30s. For those of us in our 40s, where is a great place to start? Is it with our daily skincare routine? Obviously, it has a lot to do with our diet. Yes. I, you know, I think um, skincare is actually non-negotiable because our skin is really good at, at, at absorbing key ingredients. So I would start with a retinol in your 40s um, because that a retinol or vitamin A will start renewing your skin cells a bit quicker for you, plumping your collagen, your elastin. The trick with it is to start slow. You know, don't just allow it on because it can impair your barrier. Use it a couple of times a week at nighttime. Um, morning, you know, wake up. Don't actually wash your face in the morning, especially, you know, in our 40s. We, we don't produce as much natural oils. And um, overnight when we sleep, we, we actually naturally produce something called our natural moisturizing factor. So why wash it off? You know, just remove your eider, splash a bit of water, and then use an active like a B3 or a vitamin C, and then layer on your sunscreen. I mean, you can't, you know, sunscreen, everyone talks about it, but really find the right one for you. That's my biggest tip for anyone. Find a sunscreen that you actually enjoy using. You know, it has to be 50 plus. Work out whether you like a tint, 
what texture you like, because that is going to be your best friend and reapplying mm-hmm. it is key. So just having it in your, say, your tinted moisturiser or a foundation isn't enough. You need actual SPF first and then you can put your makeup on top. Absolutely. It makes a huge difference. You know, the amount that you use also matters. So 20 cent coin. So it has to be something you like putting on. It's great when you've got um, a tinted moisturiser with some SPF or a primer with SPF because all that just adds layers on top. But you need a core coverage with your sunscreen. Okay, so you can never overdo the SPF is the bottom line. No, and you need vitamin D, but, you know, people have this misconception that I'm making vitamin D on my face. You're not. It doesn't have enough receptors, you know. Get natural um, sunlight during those low UV periods on your back and chest or, you know, get 10 minutes, you know, a couple of days a week. It's important to also get natural sunlight, but spare the face and neck. You know, it's just aging us, and that's kind of our highest risk of skin cancers. You listed there a couple of uh, products, obviously your retinas or your vitamin A's, your vitamin B's. Um, You know, there's so many products out there and we get a little bit worried about too many fragrances, too many chemicals, toxic load. Um, Obviously there's actives and then there's key ingredients and then there's supporting ingredients and then there's useless ingredients. Um, Where where do you start? Do you have a product that you recommend? Um, No, I I like to go for actives you know there are lots of brands that I would recommend um, to clients when they come in because it, it varies from each person you know what they can tolerate um, sometimes when you've got too much rosacea or you've got too much pigment I'd probably concentrate more on something that's going to modulate your pigment you know um, I would find the right vitamin c and the right base for you but the beauty about the cosmeceutical industry is that it has become very accessible so, um, and it's become much more efficacious from when I started in dermatology. So technology has really helped empower us with choice. So I would say, why don't you stick to one brand when you're trying a skincare, don't mix and match too much and mm-hmm. start with their gentle cleanser and maybe a B3. Get that into your routine. Start slow and then you might incorporate the next active, uh, a vitamin C. Um, then you might find that if I'm a bit dry, I'm just going to look for a really good hyaluronic acid. So these are things that are not going to inflame your skin. Um, don't overdo too many products uh, when you start off, but your skin is very resilient and it will deliver you lots of benefits if you look after it. Mm-hmm. So products like your hyaluronic acid, uh, your vitamin C, you can obviously get oral ones of those, but you're saying your topical ones are just as good. Do you do one or the other? Do they work together? So I think, you know, don't play favourites. They work in different ways. But simple things like, you know, a vitamin C, um, it's great when you take it in because it prevents, um, it's a great antioxidant. If, you know, you don't have enough, you get scurvy. But you literally cannot get the absorption into your skin. So you've got to eat 100 oranges for that to be enough of a permeability and a bioavailability in your skin. Mm-hmm. So you're much better off putting a, a vitamin C serum on your skin from um, an antioxidant perspective with um, better skin cancer prevention if you use a B and a C, but you don't get the same amounts um, without applying it to your skin. And, you know, I think we're one of the few um, animals that don't make vitamin C naturally. Most other animals can, 
um, like us and, and guinea pigs or something that don't make it. So we, need to, we need to supplement. There you go. I did not know that. Well, we'll look up the state of the guinea pig vitamin C, uh, <laughs> what they're on. Um, I know one of your great passions is hair and particularly hair regrowth. And again, I think for all of us, um, as we're aging, it's one of the first things we do notice changing, that, you know, our long, golden, luscious locks are suddenly becoming thinner and thinner and that normal amount of hair that you used to be comfortable with losing every day in the shower is starting to get more and more. Why is that and what can we do about it? You know, hair is probably one of my biggest passions because it's, it's you know, it's, it's so debilitating mentally when you don't have that same volume. Um, and I remember one of my most favourite patients who I've known now for like 15 years when she was losing her hair and so many um, doctors, particular male doctors, were like, oh, you just live with it. You know, it's 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 normal part of ageing. And she said the most fabulous line to me. She went, you know, if my skin was falling off, everybody would be paying attention, you know. And because it's my hair, it's it's thought about as, dis, you know, dispensable. Just deal with and, it, yes. Oh, and I thought, she's a clever lady. <laughs> our hair really is an extension of our skin. It's all made out of keratinocytes or keratin. So she's right. It's a huge part of our self-esteem when you actually see that loss. Um, why does it happen? A lot of the times it's, you know, genetic. So there is that hormonal change that happens as we get older. And uh, men and women, we've got androgen receptors, so male hormone receptors in our scalp. And because of our sensitivity genetically, the androgens attach to the receptors and they make those follicles smaller and smaller. So you go through this process called miniaturization. So the hair becomes wispier. It, it tends to get out of that growth phase called anagen, which can last a couple of years, into the telogen phase where it just drops off in three months. So there is genetics, but also that's why I'm passionate about the whole gut health because, you know, how you absorb your iron, your vitamin D, your overall wellness seems to also affect hair cycle. Um, we do have, you know, serious medical conditions where lupus, um, sarcoidosis. So these are kind of autoimmune conditions that can cause a scarring process um, that, you know, it's a bit harder to grow your hair back. We've also all got awareness about alopecia areata. That's an autoimmune condition that can happen from stress or, um, you know, just sometimes bad luck, genetics, and you get those patches of shiny hair loss. Um, and, you know, we know the, the media awareness about that now. So it's really about working out what the exact diagnosis is because the treatment is different based on that. Um, the garden variety of thinning that women go through is pretty much similar to men, you know. There is so much of a impetus for men to grow their hair. You know, it's a huge, it's a billion-dollar industry um, that started with, you know, if you're going to be a man, you keep your hair. You know, that's your virility. It's all of it. So it's no different to women and we are lucky in that we don't go shiny bald commonly, but we, we start really losing that volume on the front. You know, you see the gaps in your scalp. Um, we're always kind of assaulted at various stages of our life. You know, you get a teaser with um, hair loss after babies where you get something called collagen effluvium. So all that fullness just goes away. Um, Stress-induced hair loss. 
but really um, women thin out exactly like men. So we get the thinning in the crown and the front. And we've got things that we can do. We've got cutting-edge tablets. You know, I think I spoke to Ray Morris, who um, is a, you know, a makeup artist. Love Ray, yes. Ray, you know, and she, she's been, you know, she was just quizzing me on the fact that she thought all our regrowth were hair transplants. So she was right. like, I thought you were a high transplant surgeon. I'm like, no, these are all, you know, medical management. We've got tablets that can grow your hair back. Um, we've got my favourite, the hair, the hair protocol that we do. Um, which where, where I've actually used combination of growth factors, stuff that we naturally produce but we don't as we get older, combined with amino acids, hyaluronic acid, peptides, and then we inject that into the hair follicle. So that's trying to basically tease that follicle to not think it's old and to rejuvenate it. So then, once again, it's your own body's potential at healing. So the hair is natural um, and it's pushing that follicle into the growth phase, which can last a couple of years as opposed to that dropping off phase. Can't get to your GP or need a prescription fast, a medical certificate or simply need to speak to a doctor today? InstaScript's doctors are online seven days a week from 6am to midnight with over 150 doctors. That's real doctors and real convenience. Instant Scripts lets you request scripts or speak to a doctor from anywhere in Australia. Online healthcare couldn't be easier. That's why over 1 million people trust Instant Scripts with their health. Use the discount code TAP10 for 10% off and see why Australians love Instant Scripts. TNCs apply. Visit instantscripts.com.au for details. You've got some amazing footage of that on your Instagram account of the hair protocol and how it works. And the results, Dr. Shami, are outstanding and yeah. astounding at the same time. Like there's full heads of hair there from, from teenage boys right through to uh, more elderly uh, patients. It's extraordinary. I know. And again, it's humbling, right? You know, I, I used to start off saying, oh, if you're really thin or if you're older, don't get your hopes up high, you know. But I think that's inaccurate. Like I've had, you know, 70-year-old women with comb-overs grow their hair back. So once again, you know, you, you, you may not be as old as you think you are. Your body has that real potential to heal. Mm-hmm. It's exciting. It's, it's really exciting um, kind of putting that clinical research um, or that experimental research in a lab to human um, clinical findings because, you know, my background was in genetics research when I was um, part of my med school training. So I've always kind of loved that ageing, the gene control, you know, the genetics and epigenetics and and then being able to actually work it in a time that we have access to all these growth factors and exosome technology, you know, it's, it's magic. You are a biohacker, aren't you? I love it. <laughs> David Sinclair and, you know, all of them. I think, you know, there are so many great people at this forefront. Um, Like Mark Heyman, he's a functional medicine doctor that really writes about wellness. Um, um, David Sinclair, a fellow Aussie who um, worked in the same, you know, Harvard cell biology unit that I was at. You know, there are people that are working at that, you know, research level. And then there are people like me who get to use it, you know, and, and, and get all that um, that feel-good vibes when you help someone. 
we are so grateful that you are uh, bringing it to the masses and making it so accessible. With things like hair loss, obviously there's, um, again, treatments over the counter. Your hairdresser always recommends a particular shampoo. Um, are there certain things that we are doing at home that are doing us more damage? Like you mentioned before, we should really only be cleansing our face once a day, once we sort of reach that uh, 40 plus. Are there things that we've been doing in our daily routines at home that are doing us damage or I guess expediating that hair loss? Well, I guess, you know, your skin microbiome or like, you know, all the bacteria, the viruses that live in our skin is no different to what's in our scalp. So you don't want to overwash your hair. You don't want to be doing dry shampoo two or three days in a row. Um, you don't, but you want to really reduce bleaching, doing all this keratin stuff because they do have preservatives that affect your hair follicle. So this is more with your hair, I think. Um, and I do like old-fashioned remedies like rosemary, you know, oil massage, um, castor oil, olive oil. I think once a week doing those natural oils actually just help our skin on our scalp, which then affects our hair follicle growth. So there are things, I think, you know, there's something to be said about, you know, Ayurvedic ancient remedies that have been around forever and incorporating that into our modern life. Um, hair is no different to your skin. So look after your gut health, you know, sleep a bit better. Sleep is another thing that it's not talked about enough. You know, we're all kind of busy scheduling exercise, treatments, all of that. But one of the most basic things is getting restful sleep. And people don't realize it matters when you sleep. You know, there's lots of studies that go, oh, you can sleep eight hours anytime throughout the day. It's not true. We're programmed evolutionary to have spikes in our melatonin. Um, so we need to kind of go to bed three hours after sunset. And it sucks. In winter, you have to go to bed earlier, but you do. And, and that early morning sunshine is so important to reset your whole cell biology. So, you know, I get my patients, um, and it's very good because, you know, once you get their confidence and their skin's looking better, their hair is better, they're like, what's next? And in my mm -hmm. was when you get up in the morning to get the kids ready for school, do a five-minute walk around the block at 7.30. You know, get that natural sunlight into your, you know, take off the sunnies, you know, you're not in hiding, just get your skin and your eyes exposed. So there are little things like that that really matter and they, and they kind of build up. Mm -hmm. and, and with hair, for example, back to your hair question, we should be, you know, kind of lightly plaiting our hair before we go to bed so we reduce frictional irritation, get a nice silk turban um, so that you're keeping your hair in that lovely microenvironment. You know, one thing that we're all doing wrong that if I one thing I could write about is young girls tying up their hair in really tight ponytails. A lot of getting traction alopecia where we're getting pulling in our hair follicle and that's you know something that is actually very difficult to treat because it scars and, and and weakens the follicle long term so the tight ponytail you know to lift the sagging face don't walk <laughs> are, you, are you commenting on my do today <laughs> no comment, you know <laughs> It's one of those things I can flash back to primary school and I can feel the pain in my scalp now, you know, when your hair's been pulled so tight that when you let it out, it, it hurts your head. Yeah. And, you know, if, if anyone else can feel that feeling right now, you go, yes, I'm not doing myself any favours here, am I? No matter how tight it might make me feel. <laughs> you look hot though, but still, it's a price to pay. 
I love the fact that what has become uh, very evident to me through my ageing journey and my ageing project journey, we've been uh, recording now for a few seasons and every expert that we speak to, whether it be uh, Dr. Frank Lipman as a functional functional doctor, whether it is orthopaedic surgeons, whether it is holistic dentists, Everyone in your field or in your your specialty of looking after us has the same message. You have to take good care of yourself from dawn until dusk and just do some of the simple things that should become our everyday rituals, um, something that we enjoy doing and that moment for ourselves is becoming more and more evident to be vital to our ageing well journey. Yeah, I think, you know, the one thing I think is gratitude. I think somehow in the day, make time for gratitude, whether you're saying out things or you're writing down things, that is very important. And communication and connectivity is actually so important for your skin aging. Um, People that are lonely do age a lot worse. You know, Um, having love for yourself is probably one of the most important things for aging. Um, So thank you for spreading the message. I'm always fascinated to hear from specialists like yourself because obviously you started uh, medicine and dermatology in your early 20s. You now mentioned that you're in your early 40s. The changes you must have seen in yourself um, over that time of your expertise and what can I put into play now? You know, perhaps in your 20s you may have had 40 or 50 or 60-year-old patients, but now that you're getting closer to that, uh, you're that little bit more sympathetic uh, towards what they're going through or it's become a lot more important to you to look after ageing skin as opposed to to younger skin. How has, uh, I guess, your take on ageing changed over the years? I think, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm shocked that I, uh, when I was 18, I thought, you know, a 45-year-old was old. Um, now I'm like, gosh, I'm young. She's young. <laughs> um, I'm more, I'm kind of more um, empathetic. You're also more invested, you know, because you, you realise that you're in that phase too. Um, I think being a good doctor is always being curious. So I've always been curious about the older skin or the sun-damaged skin, even when I was a younger trainee. But there's nothing like um, – it's, it's actually a horrible process because, like, you actually can diagnose every single thing that's wrong with you. So, you know, gratitude is kind of what I preach a lot. I can see the sagging fat pad. You know, I can see the extrusion of my lower – um, orbital rim and my eye bags and you know I can I can see it all but then I also love it all you know because it, it does signify the wisdom that I've gotten um, I'm very lucky I can be proactive about my um, aging process you know I've got access to all my little babies in terms of technology um, so you know it's it's but also you're also empathetic because I could be doing so much more and I actually can't be bothered you know like there's no time the day and I rather be you know going on a holiday or spending time with my kids so it's that kind of realistic nature to you want to do what suits you and um, Mm -hmm. biggest tip I can say is no one really cares or is that obsessed about how you look only you do so let that little wrinkle go from time to time but then be really interested in that overall wellness I think when you chase a health span and a wellness um, angle you it kind of really slides in. You will look better because you're investing in the whole picture. 
And if only we had known that in our 20s, Dr Shami, we would have worn four layers of SPF. We would have stayed out of the sun. Um, we inter- uh, interviewed Deborah Hutton recently, who obviously her skin cancer journey has been well documented and she's she's so open and honest about how it made her feel, um, not just from, I guess, the fear factor of this might be it, but also, damn it, I wish I had listened because the messages have been around for a very long time, but in our 20s, you know, sitting on the beach and cooking yourself covered in olive oil was just the way it went. I know, but then, you know, we don't have that, we didn't have fake tan. You know, we didn't have that awareness and that discussion about how all um, all skin types are sexy or cool, you know, and we didn't have the evidence and that permeation of the message. There are lots of things that, you know, we think, oh, yeah, it's probably the case. But until you get like this is bang research, you know, this is what it relates to, it's hard to sometimes convince ourselves. So, and I think if I didn't party in my 20s and, and kind of go rogue with, um, alcohol and other things, I probably wouldn't be able to give up certain luxuries in life now. So, you know, your past is really sometimes your beacon. A quick reminder, our sister platform, You Must Try It, has you covered for skincare. Think gentle cleansers, vitamin A, hair regrowth and gut health products. We've done the research and found the best products to support you age well. Go to youmusttryit.com for 10% off your first order. Now, back to the show. Are you aware of, of your toxic load? Like, do you sort of have that payoff? Well, I know these these products are going to do me um, a lot of good, but I do appreciate that there is that payoff. Perhaps it's not as great for my, uh, my gut health as it is, but I'm willing to sacrifice that. Um, are there those certain balances that we need to find in our skincare, hair care, wellness that isn't all one way or all the other? Absolutely. Balance is key. I think the one thing that I've learned um, for my journey is I now invest in products that have minimal toxic load overall. I think for me, the biggest toxic load is like, you know, if I don't sleep well enough, I'm doing interviews, working, you know, I need to balance my stress levels. I think that's kind of where I'm a bit gentler with myself. So if I haven't slept well, I'm not going to do a hit class. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, if I've binged over the weekend, I'm going to take it easy. So, you know, we, we're talking about that more for me. But um, in terms of products and toxic loads and treatments, I think the beauty about old and why I think it's been a mecca for so many is that there is minimal toxic load Um, no long-term side effects with the lasers. And also it's how you curate those things. So everyone has a little bespoke package here. um, And I have my own kind of bespoke thing so that I'm not having to think about, gosh, in 10 years' time, I've done this damage. Mm -hmm. Well, it's great to know that dermatologists aren't just for those extreme cases. It's probably a great thing for us to all check in with one and at least put a program into place, whether it be for looking younger particularly, whether you are thinking about going down the the fillers angle or or threading or something a little bit more um, extreme and the the surgical side of things. I suppose it's great to sort of get that overview first and and hopefully they say, oh, you're on a pretty good track, you know, stick to your rollers, um, get a good cleanser and you're on your way or... This is how you can take it to the next level if, if you're really keen to move in that direction. But there's so much out there, isn't there? There's so much to sort of choose from, in inverted commas, to make us feel younger and fresher. Um, you've got to have a plan. And you need a plan. You need almost like a personal shopper in that avenue. You know, you wouldn't go into 
a chemist and work out what heart medication you need, you know. Same way, don't experiment with your skin. Go to a professional um, and, you know, come up with your plan. And it might be something you invest even in two years' time with that plan. So don't be afraid to embrace it. And we live in a really exciting world. And on that note, I might have to see some real patients. Okay, <laughs> no problems. Well, I'm going to call and make an appointment next time I am down your way. I need a plan, Dr. Shabby. I need a plan. And as I said, I've I've intensely binged your Instagram and I suggest everybody jumps on there. You are a wonderful educator. Um, you break it down so simply for all of us. And our chat today, I think, has certainly done that and given everyone a bit of a direction in where they need to go, whether it be for those serious uh, issues or, or acnes or ageing, uh, right down to just what we can do in our daily lives to look after our skin and hair and health a lot better. Yes, come in, come in with a plan. I love <laughs> my favourite line where people go in and go, just fix me. That. <laughs> <laughs> That's something I would say, yes, just make this better. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate your knowledge. See you. Take care. Isn't Dr. Shami fabulous? I just love her holistic approach to dermatology. So here's some key points that stayed with me from our chat. Clearly, times have changed when it comes to dermatology. Dermatologists like Dr. Shami are leading the way using holistic health and the latest like technology to help us look fresher. We've heard this before, gut health, it matters. Dr. Shami highlighted the connection between gut health, skin health, and overall well-being. If you do have unresolved or ongoing gut issues, I can recommend a health coaching call via youmusttryit.com with our team of clinical nutritionists. Let's create a healing gut repair protocol for you. We also have our plan for morning and evening skincare. That's a routine that involves cleansing, vitamin A and C, and of course, sunscreen. We all know it matters. So let's find a 50 plus option that works for you. Check out You Must Try It for all of our favorite products. In terms of hair, it's wonderful to hear options exist for those struggling. I also love the natural remedies like rosemary oil, castor oil and olive oil mentioned to promote healthy scalp and hair growth. I'll be giving that one a try. Number five tip that I took away today, I'll finish with my favourite quote from Dr. Shami. She said, no one really cares or is that interested in how you look. Only you do. So embrace self-love and prioritise your well-being. I couldn't agree more. Thank you, Dr. Shami from Ode Dermatology in Melbourne. Until next week, I'm Shelley Craft, and remember, aging well comes down to daily choices, your choices. So choose well, my friends, and I'll speak to you next week. As always, the Aging Project podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes. Always seek medical advice from a qualified practitioner.